Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. There are places in the world where the gospel has never gone. One of those places is Baghdad. Well, actually, there are a few Christian workers in Baghdad, but south of Baghdad, there are no Christian workers at all. No Jesus messengers south of Baghdad. And my friend and mentor, Bob Blinko, just has a deep passion for seeing the gospel go into southern Iraq. He works with Frontiers. Frontiers is a mission community reaching the Muslim world with the love of Jesus. So you took a team. It was a vision trip. It was prayer walking. You went into Baghdad and you went to places south. Why did you do this trip this past December? For the past four years, I and my wife have taken a few select people with us on a condition that they have to agree to. This is not go and see. This is go and stay. This is not post a YouTube video of you with the sights in the background. This is for people who would ask the Lord, is it me, O God, that might be allowed to stay and be a missionary in a pioneering place? And you know what? On each of those trips, someone has stayed. So we have seen places where the gospel has yet to be preached, begin to be populated with missionaries. I I spoke at a big church in uh, Pennsylvania, and they said, what are your prayer requests before we have church? And um, the main minister said, pray that the love of God might be made manifest to the people today. And somebody else said, pray that God might assure us of their salvation. And I said, pray that we might put 100 new missionaries in Baghdad in the next six years. <laughs> they looked at me like I had a, a hand growing out of the back of my head, you know. Yeah. So we have to call those few people. We have to pull a, a gospel magnet, you know, through the congregations of the United States and find those that really are called to live among peoples that are still non-Christian. That is the way of the Lord to call some of us to live our lives, you know, not not among the reached, but among the unreached. And I want to find all of those and help them follow the great commission that God has given them. And so you've, you've taken several trips to Baghdad and south of Baghdad, and in December you had people say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here. I'm going to learn the language, learn the culture, share the gospel of the kingdom. I'm staying. This happens every time by a miracle from God. But this last December, something went very tragically wrong. In the severe providence of God, there was a martyr ahead of us on the road to Baghdad, you might say. And uh, he, a man who was living there and was a husband and a father of four children, gave the last full measure of devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And was our main contact in the city for where we planned to spend some of our time. He had actually been with us on a Zoom call in preparation and told us, you know, in great sobriety of mind, this is hardly for anyone, and you have to really be serious about this uh, before the Lord. So you know what, Perry, there's reasons why the places in the world, in what Paul called the regions beyond, are still... Uh, unpopulated by missionaries. So we didn't go to Baghdad this last December 
our trip was interrupted Mm. by this severe providence. The widow spent the next three nights after her husband's death, she spent the next three nights hosting mourners who came to tell how sorry they were and to wail, to wail as they do in the Middle East. She says, don't wail for me or my husband. Don't weep for me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you know what, Perry? That message from a widow who just watched her husband die. He died in the hail of bullets. This brought about the witness of the gospel into the homes of every person that came back from visiting the widow and told that message in the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that wasn't just words, you know, it Mm -hmm. was real conviction by the widow. And the Lord sustained her for all of that. Jan and I, my wife and I called her and talked to her this last week. The Lord is still sustaining her. So, you know what? We have to get our bearings from the Bible and from the, the death of Christ when another person gives her life or his life for the gospel. We all want to get to Revelation 7-9. All the multitude around the throne from every tribe, nation, people. But you know what? There's no way to get to 7-9 except to go through Revelation 6-9. Mm-hmm. And I saw beneath the throne the number of martyrs who had been killed for the gospel. And they asked, How long, O Lord, until our blood is avenged? And the Lord gave each one a white robe and said to them, Are your listeners ready for this? Wait a little longer until the number I have to be killed has been complete. So we believe that in the severe providence of God, some will become like Jesus Christ, not only in their lives, but in their final witness, faithful and true to the end. And that this regard that this missionary had for the people of that great city will be in his death the breakthrough moment that cannot be achieved by human words alone now we make sense of paul's understanding of his own sufferings in colossians 1:24. i rejoice in my sufferings my afflictions for they make up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body. Come on, you evangelical friends, what do we need to make up for Christ's sufferings? One drop of his blood is enough to pay for the sins of the whole world. How much more the shedding of his entire blood as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And yet Paul has an understanding that we can add an emphatic to the witness of Christ by our own sufferings or death in a way that will cause in the powers of the heavens something to take place that will bring about the establishment of the kingdom of God in these farthest places through a final witness of devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Makes me think of Jesus' words, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So I was going to go on this trip last year. I ended up backing out of that trip because of other commitments. I had a chance, as I was preparing to go, before I decided not to go, I had a chance to sit in on a Zoom call with this man who gave his life for the gospel. And I remember him saying, I don't know when I go out every day if I'm going to come home alive. I may be taken out any day. I remember him saying that. Anyway, all that to say, Bob, I was part of that Zoom call. 
That's right. You were. Thank you for reminding me. And he was, we ate with him last year. Mm -hmm. And now he has given his life. And this is not the end. This is not all is lost, Perry. The widow doesn't talk like all is lost. We wait to see if all is gained. It could be that when future historians trace back the breadcrumbs of the gospel witness to where it all began in power, it won't be in our mere words, but it will be when something changed in the heavenlies through this man's martyrdom. Martyrdom, you know, the Greek word for witness. So we wait to see and we pray. God, we want to see the gospel thrive. We want to see the free world come into existence in that uh, place which has killed your man now. So don't loiter then like this, Lord. Let this be the moment when people re recoil in horror at what they've done, as they are doing, Perry. People in Baghdad, by the hundreds, knew this man, knew that every Tuesday he distributed food to the poor, knew that he was a kind man, a gentle man, a forgiving man, a family man. His light in his life extended well beyond his own uh, home. It extended wherever he went, because as you know, if you're the only light in the darkness, you will be incandescent. You will shine ever so much brighter than if you're one more light in, in a thousand. So that is the way he lived, and that is the witness he leaves for us today. After this brother's martyrdom, many people in Baghdad streamed to this widow's home. So, Bob, how many Muslims came to this widow's home to lament, to hear about his faith, and then took it back to their own homes? It was presented to me as a continuous number of Muslims, family on family, showing up at the house. So it was, to my mind, innumerable. Hmm. So were these um, extremists? Who took him out? Yes. Mm. But you know, the Muslims don't look at themselves as extremists. They look at themselves as normal, fully believing in uh, Allah. So it's we that say, well, that's extremists for you. But no, uh, somebody did take credit for this. And it was people that we would say were extremists. But to them, they're just trying to preserve and establish the way of Allah on earth. Yeah. But now the people who came to lament, how would they view those who took our brother's life? Yes, that is an important question. And since I have met over the years many of the people connected to this man, I would say that these are Muslims who want out. Mm. They want out mm -hmm. of the prison that they are forced to live from birth till death. They don't know how to get out except to study the Western ways or to even go to the West, we have a salvation which will transform their own culture, take back the night in their own city. But they are people who are more moderate, more touched by a spirit of wanting a better life for their children than they will get under Islam. So in that sense, I use the word they want out of a prison. What they need is the people of God to go there and explain to these God-fearers, people that are already Muslims who are looking for a better way, that better way in Christ and among his people. 
what are the plans going forward in terms of Baghdad and all the places south and your passion to raise up messengers to go there? Well, the city of Baghdad appears twice on the list of priority 100 peoples and places in the Muslim world, which is to say our missionaries in all the countries of the Muslim world have identified peoples and places beyond themselves in these countries where there is no witness of the gospel. Baghdad shows up twice, once for the Sunda Arab population and once for the Shia population. Uh, more about that another time, but these two great and ancient types or versions of Islam do not get along with one another, and it'll take a special effort for each one. And when you get south of Baghdad, then you're almost entirely in the Shia area. And by the Lord's providence, I've made friends with a Shia tour guide, a real great guy, who wants to help Christian pilgrims find their way to the biblical sites south of Baghdad. Think Babylon. So many things happened in that city that are mentioned in the Bible. Think the place where Ezekiel lived and died. We have his tomb. And the place where Abraham came from down in Ur. All these places are available on a guided tour with a local agent. And I will take people on that tour again in 2023. Hmm. And this man said to me, hey, bring your Christian friends, let them pray in the holy places, your holy places of Christianity. And I will tell people that's, that's what these Christian travelers are doing, just like we go on pilgrimage, so do they. So, yump and yimini, Perry, this is as close as I have ever found to a, a man of peace who welcomes us and tells us we can come and pray in the holy places and read our Bibles in public in supposedly completely uh, Muslim places. And if you can think of anything better than that, you'll have to tell me. But again, it's not just go and see and uh, at all. This is go and stay. I want people to hear from the Lord. Please, God, may I be the one to be the first in this great city uh, and bring about the purposes of Christ. How will I do it? I don't know. We don't know any more than Abraham knew when the Lord said, go to a place that I will show you. That's Genesis 12. But by Genesis 13, 14, 15, you have Abram witnessing to the peoples of Canaan and expressing his faith in the God who spoke to him. So how will we go about this? I don't know. We're going to go ahead as far as the Lord shows us to go, and then we'll find out what happens next. That is the way I believe Abram lived. That is the legacy Abram of faith Abram gives us today. When somebody goes down, do we shrink back? No. Others rise up to take his place. And Bob continues to take people into Baghdad and south of Baghdad who would consider staying long-term to bring the good news where it is not. And if you'd like to know more, just text me, 800-968-8930. We serve a king, and the battle belongs to him. You're going back to Baghdad with a team this year, and our American brother was taken out by Islamic, we'll call them extremists for the sake of the conversation. And you're telling me this just happened, but you're going back and you're inviting people like me to go back with you and consider staying. Is that what I'm hearing? 
So let us consider Christ. He was the only realist. When his father said to him, I'm sending you to a hostile place so that you might save the world and become the, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Christ's obedience glorified his father. May have astonished the angels. It certainly glorified his father. And when Christ completed his work in Genesis 17:4, he said, I have glorified thee on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So Perry, there has to be a greater consideration of the value of God and his glory than simply to wonder and worry about my safety. Now, let's not be foolish. Even Paul knew when to leave town. You know, <laughs> not one more day of not one more day of this kind of beatings. So I don't plan to put ourselves in a place where we are daring the powers to persecute us, but we will be true to the Lord and his desire that he send people who will glorify him, telling his, the wonders of his love, power of his forgiveness, the invitation to come back to him and break bread with Jesus Christ at the great banquet. If you can think of any more important and glad place for us, then you'll have to tell me. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.